and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of a sailor's chodding brush. Elaborate. <laughs> I think you know. I think you are aware of the fact that I often refer to this offline, this podcast, as the sailor's chodding brush of podcasts. Yeah, what's really worrying me is I know what's on the rest of that list and I'm scared that they might <laughs> crop up in future episodes and then we might get cancelled because some of them are a bit risque. <laughs> the cancelled culture is out for silly requests as opposed to real requests of actual offence. How have you been? Pretty good, Cherry. Pretty good, thanks. We are mm-hmm. recording this episode only a couple... Of, it seems like yesterday that we were sat here recording last week's episode, but surprise, surprise. Was it yesterday? It wasn't yesterday. It was, was it? Okay. It was, okay. it was three I, days ago. Don't you hate it when, like, don't you hate it when folk do that? When, like, it seems like only yesterday that we know... <laughs> when they know it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you're just like... Hyperbole, yeah. mate. Hyperbole. Oh. But no, we're recording this on a on a Wednesday because I'm about to take another t- cheeky little holiday, more of a long weekend. You never go... bloody work. Where are you off to? How dare you? Where I'm are you going, off to? <laughs> going 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 back up to Scotland to see the fam who I have not seen since the start. Well, since before lockdown. Well, I mean, I suppose since January, I've not ever been up there. Never seen them. Never since seen ever. them ever. <laughs> ever i got cast in out fact, i've seen your parents before you have you, you did you Most did recently. no you were good i asked you to check in on them just to make sure they were still sane and, still they hadn't, and they hadn't eaten each other yet but they had... <laughs> was, do you know what's still funny i was about to i was before you jumped in there i was about to go they hadn't eaten each other oh great <laughs> it's we're on the same la- same wavelength some some have suggested we should start a podcast together <laughs> i was i was literally just thinking that as well my goodness um, no, I've, I've, I've. Uh, so, you, so you're, you're heading up there for. Yeah, you. I'm heading up there. That's why we're recording this on Wednesday, so that we can, you know, keep our mm, promise exactly. of the Sunday, Sunday drop. When does, when does a podcast become a cult? When does a podcast become a cult? This is what you've been asking yourself. The, you've got the many, you've got the many factors that make up a cult. You've got a charismatic and driven leader. Check oh, right. That, uh, that's that's you oh th- right i was gonna say yeah, what's that's the you. question that's not me that's not me i'm neither charismatic nor a leader i'm i'm an asshole follower whereas no, you're the you're, charismatic you're, leader you're, you're the grunt a, you do all the we editing need, <laughs> we need we need a one single religion check right right, right. that's shit what we've seen on the tube oh right uh, i thought that we, was the blues brothers <laughs> oh yeah no that's the mission from god but we need a one single source ah, uh, i see we, i see i see i see and we also need an out we also need an out in case, like, in things get too real, and th- in which case we have to finish this podcast in the afterlife. And I guess what that would be is, uh, I think, I think we just do a running, uh, a running naked lap of Hyde Park. I guess. Yeah, that's, I suppose that's the, so. That's, that's the end of things, isn't it? Oh, uh, I mean, how you far go would you? How, I go anti-clockwise. Oh my god! <laughs> how far would you get through that where the embarrassment where like wears off, and you're just faced with the fact that the circumference of Hyde Park is a really long distance and you're going to yeah. get knackered. Well, when you say that it to say, to, off, to, to say nothing of how cut up your feet are going to get. Well, I was going to say, that's why I was thinking again. So that's the question, right? When you're picturing me running naked, I know you do it often, picture me now, when you're picturing it, have I got shoes on or have I got bare feet? Bare feet. Have I? Yeah. Ah, I think it was the 80s that prompted naked runs with yeah. trainers. 
And then we've moved away from that. We're a bit more El Natural these days. Well, in yeah, but ask, ask, me if I'm wear, ask me if I'm wearing trainers or not. I've never seen you wear a pair of trainers. You're in Brogues. You're in I'm in Brogues. I'm in Brogues. Oxford's not Brogues, mate. Oxford's not Brogues. You're clipping along, exactly, yeah. <laughs> clipping. I... Uh, Oh, what were you going to say? Sorry. Oh, no, absolutely. No, I was just saying, in this fantasy where I've imagined both of us naked, um, <laughs> running in running, no, running in separate directions, r- yeah. running in separate directions around Hyde Park, my, my imagining is that we both meet at Kensington Palace and just stand, uh, stand outside <laughs> there and jump upside down. It's like, oh... <laughs> We just, you know, as we pass, hope we just... Prince William's home. <laughs> as as we pass, we high-five. Absolutely. But, but I'm not going to tell you what we high-five with. No. Oh, dear <laughs> Lord. No, but in, in this fantasy that uh, you've cre- you've created for me, I'm actually wearing trainers and you're not, so... As the cult, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The make it, make it that turned. way you will. I wanted, to, of, I wanted to pose oh, a question for you, yeah, just in this little is this intro. That same, is this that same question you asked last week of, do you think gravity gets offended when you walk upstairs? Because mm. I'll not, I don't have an answer for that. All right? I didn't. No, no, no. I As actually if you're walking away from gravity. I actually think you'll like this question because this was inspired by like a pretty standard question I heard on a podcast that we both listened to, mm. which was if somebody were to make a movie of your life, who would yes. play you? Right. Yes. And I'm not going to ask you that question. Why not? Because instead, I'm going to ask you in the movie of your life. Yeah. Who scores it? <gasps> Who scores? Because this is a movie, a, a movie music podcast, and I thought mm. that's a more relevant question. And I was thinking about this, and I was really fascinated to hear who you would pick. Because I have a, I have an answer for me, but I wonder what you can think. I when I choose when I choose this can it be someone who compiles soundtracks as well so like a director absolutely no... not this is a score this is oh. a score and you're choosing a composer you're so oh. you can't cop out by saying you want Quentin Tarantino to make the mo- movie of your life or Edgar Wright to make the movie of your life and for them to choose the soundtrack that's not okay you got to choose a composer and you got to ah, choose got a, it. a sound world it was uh, Randy Newman that did Marriage Story, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Randy Newman then. God damn it. I chose Randy Newman. <laughs> <laughs> I chose Randy Newman. just a couple of fun-loving blokes just stumbling well, through life. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. When you think about, like, the everyman. Yes. Which one? No, just the proverbial everyman. The proverbial yeah, everyman. But, but, but which one? But which one specifically? Which one? Oh, the one that passed me in the test. <laughs> oh, okay, and cool, spat okay. on my spat on my face. Oh yeah, and, cool, and, nice. Uh, everyone's story. Randy Newman. I think that's the easiest one. Okay, mm. let, since since we both picked Randy Newman, mm-hmm. let's let's both pick another one. Just because I'm 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 fascinated by it. Who apart from Randy Newman? do you think would just get the tone of your life? Probably Richard Armstrong, maybe. Richard Armstrong. I feel like, mm-hmm, potentially. Jog my memory. Or, oh, Love Actually. Oh, Love Actually, okay. Mm, potentially. Or... So are you quite a romantic then? I would say, well, I would say just like stumbling through, like nothing epic's happening. Right. Uh nothing nothing amazing is happening so it's just like you know just just getting by i would say yeah he 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 did a he did some pretty solid stuff um i would yeah i was thinking more of the kind of richard curtis kind of esque 
Right. Okay. Um, he also did Moulin Rouge and The Great Gatsby and stuff. I think he's pretty, pretty good. Pretty, okay. Pretty, cool. Pretty nice. Pretty like up, up and all over the place. What about yourself? Well, I think I'm. It's maybe a little bit of a cop out, but not really because it's a completely different style. But I'm going to keep it in the dynasty, and I'm going to say okay. Thomas Newman. Oh, for I'm gonna say right. Thomas. No, yeah. but they are very different style uh-huh. composers, so I feel like yeah. that's I feel like that's allowed. At least you know I didn't say John Williams. I'm not that egocentric. <laughs> As if can you imagine talking to someone and just saying, "Oh, who do you think composed the music for the uh, the music for the film of your life?" And they say John Williams. You go, "Ah, fuck off!" No, he didn't. <laughs> no. It's quite funny that isn't no, it? No, he because didn't. You, because you are kind of you are yeah you are kind of just like. It, it's a snobby question to to answer in that way, or you could just kind of you could just kind of go. I actually think it's Hans Zimmer, but I I work as an accountant, but it's pretty epic. Some of the stuff I do. Yes, you should see the state of that Excel spreadsheet I did last week. It was off the <laughs> fucking chain. <laughs> Turn the base up to eleven. I'm about to hit enter on this bitch. Yes. <laughs> I want the biggest. I want the biggest order that my my. That, I want the biggest organ that my accountancy firm can hire on short notice can you see this guy in your head because i can (laughs) kind of yeah oh my god we are a music and movies podcast we are indeed Each, each week we'll well we don't take it in turns anymore so each week we talk about some of our most favorite movies with some of their most charming and less ego driven soundtracks from the ones that we would say that narrate our lives now the reason that i wanted to talk a little bit more about uh is it going to be a composer to score our life or is it going to be someone to choose the soundtrack is if i had the choice to have a soundtrack choice i reckon edgar wright would be bloody close Mm -hmm. because he over the course of the cornetto trilogy has chosen some absolute bangers absolutely and I want to talk a little bit about the second installment today, if you don't mind. If that's okay with you, if that's bloody all right with you. It's absolutely if that's fine, fine. We can fucking just do this for once, if that's good with you. Okay. If we could talk about uh, 2007's smash hit, Hot Fuzz. It's almost certainly not 2007 now that I'm saying it out loud. Sweeping statement alert. Yeah, go for it. Is the best one. Fight it's me. 2007. Ah, it's interesting, right? So I was listening to again. I think I was listening. It was the same podcast we were talking about. These uh, these guys, they they uh, they made this the statement that whatever is your most favorite of the Cornetto trilogy kind of summarizes like the things that you're about and the kind of movies that you kind of prefer to watch on a more sort of standard basis. Um, but oh. I but I think for different reasons. Shaun of the Dead, people who say Shaun of the Dead's their favourite, they don't like it because they're horror fans. The same thing for Hot Fuzz, and I think the same thing for World's End, because actually, The World's End's my favourite. Yeah, you've said this You've said this before. I've always but found that not- quite interesting, and it's made me very, very excited to re-watch it when the time comes, because I yeah. genuinely haven't watched it since the first time, since we marathoned all three in that cinema in Edinburgh all those years Have you not ago. watched it since then? I've not, actually. I've always oh, I've always meant to, but I do remember it very, very well. Like, yeah. you know, I paid attention to it. I'll, yeah. I'll say that, but... Well, I, I would say it's it's probably the most... I don't know, they're all pretty layered as film. In fact, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but what... Just to go back to your point about how it's it's telling of your 
tastes. Sure. So so what's the kind of what's the kind of sweeping like label that you put on people that like hot fuzz then? Like what does that mean? If so, hot fuzz is your favorite, that means what about you? Well, I think I think the the so what you identify with is you ident I think it's it's quite an interesting take on satire and like juxtaposition. I think it says a lot about you. If some if you're someone who identifies taste as like you like your sweet and you like your salted mixed together in the same thing. Because what you have with hot fuzz is you have Midsummer Murders mixed with Point Break. Yeah. Do you know what you have or like Bad Boys you, or you've got like you've got like the Vicar of Dibley crossed with Bad Boys Two like yeah. that's that's the combination with a healthy have. dose of Scream thrown in for good measure. Well, exactly. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Which every time I watch this movie, I always forget about the murders and they're fucking murders in this movie. <laughs> they really are, they <laughs> which really I actually are. love. I love. But so so the reason that I love and we'll get to it when we get to it, the, the the world's end is not because I identify with the the the, the, the sort of sci fi genre as much. And I love that sort of stuff. I think I would prefer, yeah, maybe it's it's the friendship element and the the element of the kind of the finality of it. And we'll get to it. When we get to it because I've got so many points, and I, I did a, yeah. quite a lot of research on it. And I and I want to convince you why it's actually the best one. Um, because I, I think it is like subjective. Oh, world's freedom. end. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think it is the best one, and I'd be prepared to. But I want to state my case. Not your favorite. The best, categorically. I think, no, I, think, <laughs> I think I think both. I think for both reasons. Um, okay. Anyway, well, I'm anyway, for that. yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, hot fuzz. Now we have the welcome return of Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. with also a whole slew of cast members that we saw in Shaun of the Dead returning, um, much like Bill Nahai. I think it's pronounced Bill Nahai. Bill Nahai. Is it Bill Nahai? Bill Nahai no he no he. You're lady I did a little. No. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was fin- um, he was fantastic. All thirty seconds he was in it. All thirty seconds. Fifteen seconds it. at the beginning, fifteen seconds at the end. <laughs> exactly. And then there's a list of extras throughout that we go, Oh, she was so and so in this. She was the zombie in this. Like the Oh shopkeeper. no, literally you go through you, you go through it and and every time uh <laughs> a BAFTA celeb comes up. Yeah, you just go yeah, and actually, yeah. the one that slipped under the radar for me, because yeah. obviously we, you know, we grew up to a certain extent with this movie, and it was before she'd really gotten her, you know, just deserves, yeah, um, to just coin deserves. to coin a phrase from the You're actual say Olivia movie. Olivia Coleman, aren't you? Olivia Coleman, yeah, because yeah. she came up, and I was like, holy fuck, yes, Doris is Olivia Coleman. Yeah, How yeah. mad is that? Like, yeah. well, the the other one is pa- Paddy Considine and Rafe Spall. Yeah, Rafe Spall spe- as well. Yeah. Specifically, Paddy Considine, because I'm a huge fan of Paddy Considine, and I I recently saw one of his films that he's done quite recently, an incredibly bleak and dark film called Tyrannosaurus Rex, which also includes Olivia Coleman. All right, um, okay. And it's uh, it's 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 not a pleasant movie to watch, but it's it's very like it's a very troubling movie to watch, but it's a very very. Um, a very yeah. interesting concept of a movie. Yeah, um, but, but there's but, like but you know slew of other actors. David Bradley of yes. of Argus Filch fame and Harry yep. Potter. You've got Stephen Bloody Merchant, whose Swan escaped. Well, Kate Blanchett, who is the uh, I, is it Irene? 
the the girlfriend at the start, who's in the the CSI crime scene lab. You only see her eyes. That's Kate Blanchett. That's Kate Blanchett. Fuck. Did me. you not know? I that? did yeah. not know that. Um, Peter Jackson is Santa that stabs him in the montage at the start oh, and through the hand. See, that's rung a bell. I had forgotten that, yeah. but I think maybe I knew that at some point in my life. Yeah, uh, and then Edgar Wright is a brief cameo on this. He's one of the uh, employees of the Summerfield who's pushing a cart as Nicholas Angel is walking towards Simon Skinner's uh, office. All right. And so yeah, Timothy Dalton. Tim Dalton. I mean, wow, it, amazing, amazing. I mean, if only Edgar Wright had got Roger Moore somehow into Shaun of the Dead, then you would have had the. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The I mean, that unfortunately, would that would have been re- retrospect. Do you think that that they got Pierce Brosnan? in world's end because they got timothy dalton and hot Fuzz. i would say so yeah, yeah 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 i would say so okay why not like yeah. why not and of course like pierce brosnan would have loved it like what a great what a great film absolutely but the thing with hot fuzz i think when we, you know getting into it right so we, we're at a time where you're right he 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 had he had the british public's attention i wouldn't say the world's attention but he definitely the british public's attention and you, you're right we grew up with this film i remember not sneaking in but i remember chancing it because it was a 15 in the cinema yeah i remember getting in to see this and feeling um like absolutely i was just overwhelmed with how much i love this movie yeah yeah, yeah. And it's so again, cool and again like ask I, I, an interesting question was asked to me recently where they said what movies would you or or tv shows would you like to experience again for the first time oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah again and it's a standard question and obviously the answer is lord of the rings the answer is like, the answer is lord of the lord, rings, lord of the rings I think, <laughs> the but i genuinely think it's, it's not even just i think the world's end fine and uh the, i think it, it grows on you that one and i think that uh, Shaun of the Dead also to an extent grows on you because the first time I watched those two I was a bit meh but the first time I watched Hot Fuzz it blew me away yeah it grabs you and isn't it amazing that for a genre that let's be honest it spoofs yes like it is a proper spoof start to finish it is just as cool you yeah. know those. Oh, yeah. You know the, 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 those feelings when you're watching <laughs> Mission Impossible, where you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck, that's cool," and "Oh, yeah, that's cool," <laughs> and then they and then they they spoof it in Hot Fuzz, and and somehow it's ridiculous and not ridiculous in equal measure yeah. because it's done so well and it's just super bloody cool. Final half hour is fucking bananas. It is when absolutely you watch it. mental. You know, it's, and it's just like watching Nicholas Angel kick fucking arse, like arrest the whole fucking town. No lethal kills, by the way. Well, no, hang They're, on, like, he, hang he on, hang on, hang on. He has it? posed this question at the start of this ramp. He's like, "What are you gonna do? Just walk in and arrest the whole village?" Yeah, he's not like... exactly. <laughs> uh, would you argue as well, this is up there with one of the most quotable films of all time? 100%. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just tee you off here. Do you think there are more guns in the city or the country? Everyone and their mums is packing around here. <laughs> like, like who? Farmers. Who else? Farmers' mums. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that, but the, the callbacks. I howled. I, I mean, absolutely it's, howled. But it's, but it's, but it's callback off after callback after callback. Like everything is a call. Like this movie is just eloquently written. Like, yeah, because they imagine... actually do that joke just to keep it like yeah, yeah, yeah. as the example oh, the f- on that joke. So yeah. obviously they're, they're talking about it in, in the pub and they're saying, oh yeah, farmers, farmers and farmers' mums have have the guns and then when nicholas goes on his rampage at the end the first 
two people that he messes up is the farmer and then his the farmer's mum who's Who's packing this massive shotgun and And he just vaults a fence and kicks her in the face brilliant that flying that flying kick i went to see it with uh, some friends of mine in my year at school that you know and that flying kick i can still hear my friends out loud laughter at oh yeah that. like the whole cinema just screamed at that kick like yeah. it was man alive it was funny yeah and and again like it's been brought up by another podcast that again we know but the, the one of the best jokes ever written is in this film which is uh and, and firmly believe that one of the best just the the best jokes of uh of a comedy film like in our in our in our i guess like in our time especially um is in this where he's talking about Sergeant Popwell and he's, yep. he's you know, Nicholas Angel is, is in the constable's office um, with Jim Broadbent, who's the, you know, he's the chief of police. Yeah. And because uh, by the way, we forgot to list him in the cast Jim list Bro- at exactly. the beginning. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> and we have that, we have that conversation of, you know, he, he, Sergeant Popwell was an outstanding officer, but he had one thing that you don't have. Oh, what, what's that, sir? A great big bushy beard. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's just fucking brutal. And then you see him, and then you see him later. He's a skeleton, he's dead, and he's got his great big bushy beard. He does. And you're just like, fucking amazing. Like, amazing. Um, I guess like, but it it does, I did ask myself for the first time the question of, you know how the, all those kids go missing, yeah. And that young guy who was snicking sweets, like Pete's, whatever he's, he's doing, he he was nicking. Yeah. And, uh, and and Jackie's sister's brother's boy. And Jackie's sister's <laughs> brother's boy. Um, <laughs> Jackie's sister's brother's boy. Yeah, he's <laughs> Auntie Jackie's sister's brother's boy. We don't mean device. <laughs> oh, also, this film is ten times funnier after having lived in Bristol. A hundred percent. Like that West Country accent. It's it's ten times funny. But the point I was making was, you don't hear like there would be missing persons acts left, right, and center for that town because all the other murders you don't see murder. 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 What would you think it was murder? (laughs) You don't see them on screen, so you got to assume that like, you know, between the takes, Nicholas Angel's got a mounting pile of paperwork of missing people, like missing kids and stuff like that, just showing up. Nah, amazing. The other, the other, the other uh, reference and callback and going full circle joke that I really like is the, um, you want to be a big cop in a small town? Fuck up all the model village, (laughs) and then they finish the movie in the model village at the the end. Brilliant. What do you, you want to go through the whole phone book? We'll look up Aaron A. Aronson. (laughs) What's your name, son? Aaron A. Aronson. (laughs) Aaron A. Aronson. It's just, it is just perfect. So anyway, well crafted. We are here not just to talk about the movie. We are oh yeah, because we could we to... could wax lyrical on it all night. We, we? we we could absolutely wax lyrical on it. Whatever phrase that means, I've never heard that phrase. Oh, sure you've heard, heard that, that before. Phrase. It's a, it's a weird phrase. I'm gonna be on to you. But we are here to talk about the soundtrack of it. Uh, so do we want to get into this? Do you know what we start with? Because I, I was thinking, I think I can do most of this in the same way that I did Shrek 2. Oh, yeah. Um, See, I definitely couldn't because I was re-watching this movie and actually, apart from... I actually recalled the scored music, the the sweet, like the hot fuzz sweet, as it were, much more. It was like... Da-da-da-da-da. 
You know that. You know the action, the action bit, all the music, all the music from the last half hour. I I can recall absolutely, but all of the song choices, all of the soundtrack crafting in it, I couldn't remember at all. So we're so you're gonna really have to guide us through this. I think that's fine. I can guide you through. Let let I guess then let's just let's just start with the actual composer because it is David Arnold. Fabulous. Um, so born in born in Luton, English born, who uh, has scored for the latter half a lot of the Daniel Craig Bond films. Famously, um, I adore. In fact, maybe David Arnold would be a good question and answer for the <laughs> who would score your life. Yeah, but since um, I know why you're saying David Arnold, joking, then yeah. that would be mega dick move. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, 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 but, but and, and I want to revisit because I think of all of the, there was a few Bond films that I want, obviously we kind of rattled through them and I think one day I'm sure we'll revisit some of the, the gold, silver and bronzes, yeah, Casino yeah, yeah. Royale being one of them. Yeah, 100%. Because the, because the score for Casino Royale is so beautiful and so delicate at some points and then so fiery and actiony and the score for hot fuzz i actually think was a kind of mimics the 2006 score from casino royale in a Does sense casino royale come out before hot fuzz yeah oh isn't that crazy i had them so, the wrong way around yeah i know i know but so, then so, i so, think that's because Da- Daniel Craig has been Bond for something like 15 years and he's only it's done 14, yeah. 14 years. Uh, uh, it might be 15 actually, yeah. But yeah. I only ever but I only ever see it as, well, four movies. Yeah, exactly. I only ever see exactly. it as four movies and also because Casino Royale was just so well made, it's definitely stood up. It's it stood up. But but just to finish on that point, you're right, that kind of, the, the, the overarching, uh, I guess like the marching beat that he comes in the background, it's suave, it's, it's cool, it like follows Nicholas Angel, yeah. like it's like, let's get shit done, like it's great. Yeah. But I think the real triumph of David Arnold's score is actually the softer parts of his suite, the classical guitar inclusion, when it starts and it shows him being kicked out of London mm-hmm. as he's gonna getting on all the night trains and he's arriving in the village and it's got the beautiful classical guitar just following yeah. it in the background. If you know what I mean, that montage of him and it's and it kind of epitomizes the loneliness and it kind of because the, the, what's a really difficult thing for for Edgar Wright to do uh, in writing this is that you, you, you like. You, you're not naturally gravitating towards Nicholas Angel as a character. Like, if you think about him, like, he's, he's a goody two-shoes, he's a narc. Yeah. And you don't, as an audience member, like, you kind of drawn towards the more Ferris Bueller types as opposed to the Cameron types. Like, that's yeah. the architectural sort right, of what yeah, you yeah, have. Yeah. Which is, um, and it's interesting because you, even when you introduce Danny and Danny Butterman as, as, as Ed, uh, um, Ed fucking not Ed, um, Nick Frost, you, you you are still drawn towards Nicholas Angel. Yeah, and it's yeah, because, that's a good point. And it's because you see him vulnerable very early on in the movie. Yeah, you're you're aware of his personal faults exactly. right at the start right of the movie. At the, right at the start, and it's very clean and obvious. And uh, he's lived his whole life in this really, really great manner. And, and then the soundtrack also does that. So you've got the soundtrack, which is Adamant Goody Two Shoes, which plays during that montage of him talking to start, which is a great, really, really great song that has the do, 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 and it's the goody goody do 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 brilliant song choice. I'm a huge, I'm actually a huge fan of Adamant. I 
listen to him more. I love Prince Charming. It's such a great song. But then you've got that straight into him being kicked out, going to Gloucester, Stanford, Gloucestershire. And then this beautiful, sad acoustic guitar, uh, classical guitar from David Arnold. Amazing. Like yeah. I just think it's really, really good. It's a really good use of the score. Um, but yeah, and, and it's a beautiful, a beautiful suite. Like it follows the kind of, there's the kind of detective pieces when he's like looking around the fountain at night and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a great accompaniment. Uh, now, there is two songs by two separate bands in these films. And I can't decide what's the house band of this movie. Um, and you've, I, and then the third band that I'm going to bring into this equation is even going to mix it further because the third one is Edgar Wright's favorite band. And I'm going to give you, that's your question before we get to that. What do you, who do you think is Edgar Wright's favorite band? Based on he uses a song by these band and uh, this band in this film and this band in another film. And whilst you're thinking, I'm going to tell the listeners a little bit about another band that features quite a lot with two songs of the same title, and that is the Kinks. That is Village Green and then the Village Green Preservation Society. Mm-hmm. So we get Village Green Preservation Society as we're introducing Nicholas Angel to the town in daylight as yeah. he's running through. And it's, we are the Village Green Preservation Society. And it's yeah. just a really great inclusion. Like it's, it shows you the the image of, I forget the name of the, I think it's Wells is where it's filmed, which is actually Edgar Wright's, I think one of his hometowns. Um, and they, they actually CGI out, CGI'd out there's a massive cathedral that they CGI'd out of the town. Oh, right. So that, so that it looked like a village because it's actually a city, technically. Oh, uh, okay, fair. I was um, going to say, because the there's because I was noticing when you had the shots in the square, specifically yes. when you rode in on the horse and he was <laughs> dressed up to the nines in guns and ammunition. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And I saw, you know, High Street Banks and like an Edinburgh woolen mill and... Mm. You know all these other places where you're like, oh, that's a major hub, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a major hub. So it, it, so it is a major hub. You're right, and 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 obviously that that's the point of the movie is they want to keep with the rustic atmosphere of the town and rustic then aesthetic. Rustic, rustic aesthetic. Sorry, sorry, too. But you 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 start. It, it, there is a little yeah. If if you really kind of dive into it, there's a few sort of game breaking elements to it. Um, but Village Green Preservation Society is a great choice of a song to kind of bring you back down to kind of it, it shows the place everyone's waving everyone's happy mm-hmm. like it is that kind of like you know it's like it's like Postman Pat or something like yeah, yeah, yeah. everything's everything's nice and happy um, great inclusion of a song what I'll do is I'll skip forward to talk about the other kink song so we're not going to go through this in kind of chronological order as the right. movie goes the other one is Village Green um, and uh, this is this is the one that that's that's played at uh, the church fate, just as we're introducing the church fate. Is out in the country, far from all the noise and oh, noise yeah, yeah, yeah. of the city. There's a village green. Great song because it's 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 um it's a really interesting like it's a different style, but using the same concept of a song about a village green and all this sort of stuff. And yeah. I think I think the Kinks are a really really good choice for that feeling that kind of like it, it, it they embody the the character of the town and the kinks are an older band yeah, and obviously this sure. film is this film was being 
promoted to a slightly younger audience that did not grow up with the kinks mm -hmm. and so it, it's a really interesting choice to, to use the kinks in such a like a samey way two similar songs same band same title almost for the two yeah. songs yeah um but it but it really just hits at home that these this is these are old fogies this is an old person's town yeah, this yeah, is yeah. A place for a kind of younger person to come in um and i think it's really good i think it's a really clever i think it's a really clever use of the the band now the other songs that I want to talk about um, are the band that I think that is the house band is okay. the for, is the for, for for Hot Fuzz certainly is the Fratellis. Okay. Uh, and the reason why I think it's Fratellis is because we get a couple of different uh, Fratelli. Well, we get a Fratelli song and we get a cover of a T-Rex song, which is Solid Gold uh, Easy Action. I don't want no satisfaction. All I want is easy action, baby. Mm -hmm. It's the Fratellis that cover that, I believe. Right, okay. So are you saying that the, Frat the, the Fratellis are Edgar Wright's favorite band? No. Oh. No, there's still one more band. So there's another There's another band. And I'll give you a clue. It's Ooh. not, It's this band is not used in a, in a Cornetto trilogy film. Might have made it really easy for you there. Uh, is it the Commodores? No, it's not the Commodores. Really good guess, though. <sighs> really good guess. It's not the Commodores. Okay, I'm gonna have to keep thinking about that one. Don't worry. No, we'll get we'll get to it. Do not worry. Uh, yeah, we have Baby Fratelli and we have Solid Gold Easy Action. Now these these songs are used generally for a lot of the pub sequences. The Fratellis. I'm a huge fan of the Fratellis. I think they've done some really really great stuff there. I don't think they transitioned over to America, and I think that um, that they're not. I think they're the sort of band that you obviously you know like Chelsea Dagger and all these sort of songs. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe maybe sort of creeping up the back stairs. You, you recognize these songs, I guess. Like the other film that used a lot of Fratelli stuff, I think was Run Fat Boy Run. Yeah. Um, you know that kind of like Kaiser Chiefs Fratellis. You know, like the feeling we've done we've done this before. That kind of Brit pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the no, killers. I think I, the kill. <laughs> well, I. But we've done this. <laughs> The most American band ever. <laughs> yeah, but also the most Britpop band ever. Yeah, the most Britpop American band. Uh, yeah, I mean, and 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 that's it. I mean, so we've we've got another couple of songs that are included here. So "Slippery Rock Seventies" uh, by uh, Steve, uh, that Staverly Makepeace. We've got "Can't Control Myself," the Trogs, "Night of Fear," the Move, which is used uh, in the credit sequences, and we'll get to the main credit sequence song in a bit. But I want to talk about two other songs. We're doing this in pairs. The songs for this soundtrack. Oh wow. And the reason I want to talk about these two is because they're both used in the same way. Okay. Okay. Now they are both used by a character in these and that character is Simon Skinner. Now, can you tell me how Simon Skinner, so Tim Dalton, yeah. uses music to give away hints of what's happening on screen? Uh, no idea. No worries. No, no it's, it's, idea. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky one. So we have the first murder, the Eve Draper and Martin Bloor. Yep, great. Now, names. how did now what? It, why did we? Why do we call it um, a collision and not an accident? Because it implies that there's nobody to blame. <laughs> and of course, who better to show up at the crime scene but? simon skinner himself yeah and what music is playing from his convertible can you remember no no i would never get that dire straits romeo and juliet bit of martin offler 
Oh. Obviously, a homage to the fact that they have just been playing in the, the show to William Shakespeare's homage of Romeo and Juliet. Yes. I think possibly there was a bigger hint when he just rolled up and said, oh, there never was a tale of woe like Juliet and her Romeo. <laughs> or whatever the or whatever the actual quote imagine is. actually Man- doing that <laughs> a competent police team would be like get him <laughs> absolutely and I, and even if you were just like if you were trying to pretend like you're a concerned citizen imagine those two heads are still sitting <laughs> on the tarmac and, you just, and, and then you just roll up and go can that play they were in last night well here's a here's a relevant pun <laughs> Do you know? Do you know the best bit actually? But it's, um, I, I loved was um, the bit when they when they confronted the, the town at this at the cults that they are in, and they go the greater good. They're greater that good. Whole, they're greater good. <laughs> um, but that whole thing of so why did you murder Eve Draper and Martin Blower? Well, the the the, the acting society is a really big part of a, of a town that's going to win, and their acting was awful. And then they go, but so that so you murdered them, and Simon Skinner goes, well they murdered Bill Shakespeare, and he goes what? Oh. <laughs> what? oh. I love, yeah. I love that bit so much. Yeah. I love that bit so much. Because <laughs> you could, because for, for a hot second, he's like, someone else has died on my watch. And then he goes, oh, right. Because he's just so yeah. hardwired to believe that these guys have just killed everyone. Yeah. And I love, I love the just, the justification, justification based on the, the semi-professional actors that they have sit- sitting in the wings, where one of them played a cadaver on 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 the on, on the bill or something like that. Yeah, the prime suspect. And so and so like was in such sh- he small was in straw- town, small <laughs> town credits. He was I in Straw it. Dogs. Uh, the other song that's used in a very similar way, again by Simon Skinner, is after George Merchant is blown up out of his house after yep. having a combination of bacon and. Beans. Yeah, I love the way si- I love the way he uses says the enunciation. Exactly, a judicial application of bacon and beans. <laughs> and of course, Simon Skinner rocks Punch past playing. Out. Yeah, he, he rock he rocks past uh, rocks past playing Arthur Brown's Fire Fire to destroy your new home. Do 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 do. Brilliant! Just a really really just. Do you reckon he was setting up the road? Do you reckon he was setting up the road? On his uh, iPod Classic, just going yeah. through, he's like, I've got to find the best song yeah, for this exactly. situation. Giggle, think, giggle, giggle. So. Uh, the last two that I want to talk about uh, are uh, the end song, and then there is the really tri- tricky question that I've got to make you answer. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's you'll kick yourself when you hear it. So what we're going to do is I'm going to talk to you, before we go back to the music, I want to tell you what outside of the music and the score but still from an audio perspective, is fantastic about this movie. Well, I mean, the sound effects. Amazing, aren't they? I mean, every, every like, tangible sound in the movie is, like, ramped up to 11, especially yeah. anything to do with weaponry. So, yes. so, you know, bullets in chambers, loading the guns, putting the cartridges in you know lock and load all that sort of is like all of that everything you know like when they go past 
when they go into the shop and all the do 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 you know yeah. of the of the door and then when they go into Sainsbury's and the do do and the and the every time you're in Sainsbury's there's someone talking on the intercom yeah. every time every time you're w- witnessing the police you can always hear Bill Bailey who's who's brilliant playing the two nobody tells me nothing yeah. although I really like in the background. Sergeant Angel to the manager's office manager's, manager's office. office Sergeant Angel it's just like it's it's <laughs> But that's masterfully orchestrated by yeah. Edgar Wright. Again, he just like he throws things in your face. He's like, here's something else to use. Here's something else to talk about. And and I just like I think it's absolutely amazing. And yeah, you're absolutely right with the whole like even things like the swan. How often have you heard a swan make so many noises in a fucking movie? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, not not since that Swan documentary I watched no, a couple watched a couple of days like, ago. In, in real life, right? I th- I've seen a hundred fucking swans. I've never heard one make a noise before. But in that's, this a movie, no, that's a but lie. That's a lie. I hear you know swans I mean. make noises every time I see a swan. No, I never do. Like cutting about Hyde Park when we're running past naked. Like I never hear them. Oh, that's because you've got you've got music and or podcasts blaring in your ears. That's why. It's like, why oh, can't I hear yeah. the swan? Oh yeah, it's because of the headphones. Oh. Where would I tuck my iPod into if I was running naked? <laughs> Leave that one to the imagination. <laughs> I was about to answer that question, and I thought, oh, I'd better not. Okay, so the final two songs that I really want to dive into. Now, the the one that I want to talk about uh, is Supergrass, Caught by the Fuzz. Now, this is the one that's played at the end of the soundtrack, just as the little hand says it's time to rock and roll. Uh, right. Just, at that, yeah. just as you're introducing the credits. It's just a fantastic rocking song. And speaking of that scene... I love the visual representation of Nicholas Angel finally letting go. And the visual yes. representation is a big fuck-off Subaru. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's <laughs> a brilliant. huge big Subaru that's pimped up like a police car. And yeah. it's got HF on the roof. Uh-huh. And yeah, well, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's no. so funny. I thought you were going to place that song at a different point as where Mr. Skinner expertly delivers the line, my, my, here come the the fuzz. It's brilliant, isn't it? When he's looking on his CCTV. What about that? Do you remember that? The Battle of Summerfield. Like, how amazing is that? Like, it's so fucking (laughs) Two blokes and a shitload of cutlery. (laughs) It's only polonaise. Like, it's just so... Oh, my God. How many many gratuitous quotes have we done in this movie so far? And how many more can we get? Do you know the thing is as well about this? I, I, like... I, I watched this, I finished watching this last night, I watched it in two chunks, as I usually do with films nowadays. Yeah. Um, because, but I, I I watched the end part and I was like, there were so many things I wanted to make a note about, but I was like, I'm just not going to do it. Nah, don't because do it. Because like this, this, like if I make notes about this, like I can recite a lot of this stuff from memory. Of course you can. I can talk can. about a lot of the facts. Like, you know, like some of the weird facts I know about these movies, like a weird fact I know about Shaun of the Dead. Do you know, you know, Nick Frost de- de- deliberately shaved downstairs so that he could actually make all those scratching of the groins on purpose. Did you know that? I did not know that. No, I don't think weird. anyone needed to know that. I know so when much. When did that come up in an interview? Movies. Like, when did that? When does that fact come you up? You know what? You know it must have. It must have come up. Actually, before I talk about the final song of this movie, and I guess like right. a song that's really interesting to to weave in to finish off with this, like this movie 
really solidifies for me and it's the final the last kind of chance that we see it because in the world's end they kind of swap roles like uh, nick frost plays this the straight guy in, in the world's end yeah um which is partly the reason why i think is uh, it wasn't as s- like successful by by the fans as much as the other two were i do think that that reverse of the rules wasn't the right move for the final movie um and the other reason is because i firmly believe nick frost is the funnier guy right like I, I firmly believe he is funnier. And if you want the proof of this, go and watch all of the bloopers for Hot Fuzz and watch the extra scenes. Because almost every scene where he does something or he says something in both Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, and we talked about this when we did Hot Fuzz, yeah. he, he'll insert a different ad lib. Yeah. Like the difference between what was scripted and what Nick Frost actually said on the film and what was made into the film. I would say probably it's about 50-50 made up, 50-50 on the script. Like, it's, it's, it, he is, he is such an improv and, like, naturally funny talent. Yeah, clearly. Like, so, like, the, the, the one that, the, like, the, the one that, um, there's two examples of this. One of them is, you know, the scene where they, they take in the impressive hall and all the guns and the sea mine and stuff. Yeah. And he goes, we should celebrate. What do you want to do? And he goes, and he sprays down himself and goes, pub? Yeah. And then, you can see Simon Pegg breaking. Like, you can see the smirk on his face. Right. Watch that sequence back. And the reason you can see him breaking is because that took them fucking hours to film that one interaction. And I'm not even <laughs> joking. Like, the two of them just couldn't get through that. Oh, my days. And the, the, same, the same one where he goes, I, I, she fingered so-and-so up the duff pond, and then he spurts out his cranberry Did you juice. just say duff pond? Yeah, duck pond. You said duff pond. Figured her up the duff pond. Figured her up the duff pond. I thought that was a joke. But anyway, <laughs> but like, but when he says that and he spurts the cranberry juice, yeah. again, like they had to do that so many times yeah. because it was just, it was so, like they kept breaking. And yeah, he, I firmly believe he's a funnier man. Anyway, the final song that I want to tell you about is who I think is the resident band of uh edgar wright and it is oh, his favorite it's his it is it's edgar wright's favorite band and that is the john uh the john spencer blues explosion oh yeah that was at the tip of my tongue <laughs> you tit so, well but you know the john spencer's blues explosion because we've talked in a lot of detail about the most incredible car chase at the start of baby driver oh yeah and who did that amazing song John Spencer Blues Explosion. Yeah, that that name that you just said. Yeah, did you did you not know about them? Like as soon as I no. saw that, I was like, I as soon as I saw that sequence in Baby Driver, I was like, I have to know everything about this band. They're they're amazing. They're such. I mean, they literally are a blues explosion. Um, but the reason why, so the the, the song that they do, they wrote it for this uh for this film, and it is called Here Come the Fuzz, not Caught by the Fuzz. Uh-huh. So Caught by the Fuzz was Supergrass, sorry, and Here Come the Fuzz is John Spencer. Maybe I got them long way round. My um, my. But here come the fuzz. Here come the fuzz. Now we can say it. But but here come the fuzz is the one that has. So you know how the, all the little bits, all the little weird bits that kind of play as they, they're doing all the paperwork for like the lineup and the mug shots. It's like gotta yeah. get up to get down. That's John Spencer Blues Explosion. Right. Okay. So all of those weird little bits. You know, oh no. You yeah. Know, yeah. All yeah. Those little those little weird quirky bits that's them mm-hmm. and what what they did was they wrote this full song and then it's got all these weird random bits of audio i implore you to listen to it 
and Edgar Wright just seamlessly edits it, edits it throughout the film. Right. Um, and and then and, sort, and sort of maybe that... kind of heralding his eventual move to proper like choreography. Like he did yeah. it in, you know, making soundtracks actual choreography to the to the movie as opposed to just letting it play. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, that's it. Uh, but no, love it. I think it's a great use of it. Now, thumbs up. Uh, you, you bring that up like it's in any doubt. Well, the, I've talked myself into two thumbs up going through the soundtrack in as much detail as I have with you. Right. And, but the reason why I think this one maybe doesn't get two is because um, the, the, one of the reasons it's unfair and this uh, to, to not give it. And the other reason... I think it's fair. So so the first reason I think maybe it doesn't give two is because against the other two films in the Coronado trilogy, I think this is the weakest use of music. The weakest I, use of music? Okay. In the film, I think. But on its own, it's still incredible. Right, okay. Okay. And the second reason is because a lot of the musical tracks that we've talked about and how they are used in the movie you really have to be a nerd of the genre to really pick up on those. Right, okay. But psychologically, they're used to create the scene. Obviously, we talked about village green preservation, yep. showing the kind of nice village green. And then we've mm -hmm. talked about the, the dirty, full-on cop sequences with John Spencer and Supergrass. Yeah. So, it is two thumbs up. Yeah. But it's two thumbs up because I had to work at it. Right. Like I had to work to find all those ties and all those inclusions. Right. Um, but maybe I didn't. I don't know. Was it just me that picked up? See, because I'm telling you a lot of this stuff because I yeah, do yeah. a lot of, like I like a lot of, like I'm, I'm more akin to the kind of soundtracks as opposed to scores. And yeah. that's how we kind of, you know, you're a professional musician and I'm just a fucking nerd that likes music. Right. <laughs> but it, this one, I had to work to find all these ties and all these inclusions. Yep. I don't like having to work because I'm a lazy cunt. Right. Okay. Leave <laughs> <laughs> that one out. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, but I, but maybe it is two thumbs up then. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Great art, right? Yeah. They're not finger yeah, paintings, man. are they? No. No, you're right. Yeah. But it's you know, joke. if all you want is finger paintings, then you know, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, like. It would be unfair for me to give it to one thumb up, wouldn't it? Like it's just not. Oh right. yeah, it's just it's just not right because you know I'll hold my hand up here. I'm not going to sit here and go oh, one thumb up. You must be joking. This is a five star movie. You couldn't possibly because honestly, I was going through it and I was trying to think about you know music angles and you know make some notes and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I just didn't because I was just enjoying the movie too damn much. Yeah, because the movie element of hot fuzz far far exceeds the musical element yes yes like exactly. 100 percent. but i'm still gonna give it two thumbs up because it's hot fuzz and it's effing brilliant yeah i think i am too it does use the music very well but as i said but actually maybe you've hit the nail on the head there maybe it's not hard work to get all these to, to, to like to find all these references with the music it's not hard work to do it it's just because the mu the movie is so damn good you kind of like it gets pushed to the background yeah i think that's the reason which means that it's unfair so i'm being cir circular circular whatever the phrase is and it is two thumbs up fabulous well glad we got there in the end <laughs> Yeah, got there, man. <laughs>
moving forward? Yeah, why don't we? Now, we've both got things to bring to moving forward. Absolutely. Do you, shall I go first? Well, yeah, why don't... Uh, mm, you know what I'm you know bringing, what? don't I'm you? Gonna, do you know what? I'm going to go first. Okay. I'm going to go first because I've got two things and I feel like we could sandwich them. Okay. Now, okay, yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, go for it. So, I've watched two movies. Well, actually, wait, hang on. In your life? Is that just as a phrase? <laughs> no, I've watched three movies. In my life. Since, Is it the Cornetto trilogy? Since recording our last episode. Wow. I know. You've been busy. I know, it's just one per day. It's almost like I've finished my master's and I've got F all to do. <laughs> and one of them was Hot Fuzz. We've just talked of about course. it. Of course, yep. The other one was... Mo- By the way, so, so, sorry, just before you go on. Yeah, go on. You know how we sometimes rewatch the films before we do these, and sometimes we go, "Well, wing it," because we know it so well. You didn't watch it, did you? No, 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 no. This was the exception. Ah, oh, this, it was this is the one that you a, did watch. It was such. Even though I knew all the songs, I knew how they were used. I still chose to rewatch this. Brilliant! It's I'm such glad. An incre- do you know what I mean? Though it's so, so much good. fun. So anyway, much fun. So, anyway, sorry, you were talking about Milan. Yes, I watched Milan. Now, the more aware of you will know that in order for me to watch Mulan without being a naughty boy would involve me having to drop £20 on top of my Disney Plus subscription to get what Disney call... What is it? Premium access. Mm. Premier access. Premier access. Mm -hmm. And I did, mainly because my two sisters were just gagging to see this movie. Sure, as well sure. and i was just like right okay fine whatever yeah. um and i watched it and it is fine yeah yeah i i mean i've not seen it and i guess i i don't mind if you want to spoil things like i don't really care like so i never really what what, what do you want one. like a 10 second review yeah, let, let, let's maybe maybe a couple of minute review. Give us okay, your full review on this movie, right? So because I, because I think people will be wanting to know if they should download it and pay it or not. Because that's a, that's a steep amount to push out, yeah. and I think that people are probably on the. It fence is a steep amount. This. What I would say about the price is it's not worth it. It's going to be uh, openly available to all Disney Plus subscribers from December, I believe. So mm-hmm. my official advice and the official advice of this podcast is mm-hmm. not to pay for it. And to wait okay. for December. And if you really can't wait, then there's another version on it of it. Hold already it in. there. Hold it no, in. there's another version of the same movie already oh, okay. on the same streaming service. And by the way, it has the same name as well. So yeah. you know, you can't really can't go too wrong. And it really is, by and large, the same story. But what's very, very interesting is the different tone that they pushed for the live action version. And this is actually one of the positives that I would that I would give to it. And it's quite a big positive because they go pretty full on on the fantastical hero slash crouching tiger hidden dragon sort of aerial kung fu. Oh cool. It, okay. Nice. Which is really, really cool. It's yeah, it's Chinese fantasy, basically. Excellent. And they really go full on that genre. But obviously, mm-hmm. it gets diluted a little bit, obviously, because they're all speaking American English, mm. right? With American accents, because it's an American Hollywood Disney movie. So mm-hmm. there's only so far that they go. And 
I love Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and I really love Hero. Hero okay. is one of my favorite movies. In fact, I'm going to bring it to the podcast sooner rather yeah, than, yeah, sooner yeah, rather than yeah, later because yeah. Hero is a brilliant movie. And I there's a, there's a harmonious marriage between the art style, the kung fu style, and the language mm-hmm. that I don't think you can you can separate them. I think to have the Chinese language, I think I think mm-hmm. it's Mandarin they usually they usually speak in these mm-hmm. movies. I believe okay, I'm I, not sure. I don't know. I, I'm really not sure, but it I really, really like it and I think it's essential. And to see that style but in an Americanized way, it just kind of not rubbed me up the wrong way, but it didn't quite feel as authentic as maybe it it could have. Because okay. I think there was a version of this movie, if they were brave enough to go down that route, which could have been really, really authentic, like really yeah. authentically Chinese. Yeah. And what do they have against, you know, reading subtitles? You know, mm. are they worried about the young audience? You're not gonna put this movie in front of the in front of the young audience because there's armies fighting and people dying. Yeah. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't show a little kid this movie. And so so you're really targeting it at a slightly older audience who are okay. who I would argue should be mature enough to read some bloody subtitles. Sure. Yeah. So do bloody work. You've paid twenty quid. You've got a job clearly. <laughs> Do a bit of reading. <laughs> I want to pay twenty quid, but I don't want to pay twenty quid to read. Yeah. I want to pay. I want to pay twenty quid to be talked at in a in a in a yeah. soothing accent yeah. that's that's picked up that's designed to be enunciated. Yeah. And that anyone can anyone can listen to it. Oh, it's so lovely and so luscious. So the point about the the other point, which is a slight negative about the kung fu, is they they try and rationalize the power base in this movie as chi. Okay, as sure. you know this energy that all people has oh, and mulan yeah, and mulan and her evil counterpart who is mm-hmm. uh the hawk witch person that you've seen in the trailers sure she you know they both have really strong chi and it the the message is obviously like be who you are and mm. it's set in a time in china where you know women shouldn't be that powerful and they should just marry and bring honor to the family and, you mean 2020 and all that Ooh. and all that <laughs> uh, oh, and all that satire. and all that fun stuff and all that fun stuff and while and while the messages are very very admirable what i had a problem with was mulan was all powerful from the start from the start of the movie like there was nothing that she couldn't do and one of the Ah. and one of the charms of the original mulan which by the way i don't necessarily like comparing the live actions to to the originals Mm. because i feel like they should be they, they should be reviewed and judged by their own merits sure but unfortunately you do kind of have to yeah. judge them by that because you, they told the story better the first time. Yeah. One of the best montages in any movie ever is the Mulan training sequence, the I'll make a man out of you thing. Okay. Right? Okay. Where you but see they don't her make training. A man out of her, do they? No, they don't. She's still they, she's still lady. She's still lady. She's still lady. Don't worry. But she trains her ass off 
right? Oh, really? She doesn't have any special powers over and above anyone else. She just trains hard and she uses her brains and she realizes her potential. And that's a really relatable thing for people, Mm. for audiences to connect with. But when you're told in a movie, but when you're told in a movie, this character's got really powerful chi and it lets her um, kick, kick arrows into people's chests and do all these super amazing thing and it's all in live action you're not going to relate to that character well i think that's a great point you make actually you know and, and and i think it's 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 a tried and tested um i guess a conflict or inner conflict when you're when you're designing a protagonist in any in any film and i guess like the the verse can be said for an antagonist right yeah. so for a protagonist is your protagonist born great or do they have greatness thrust upon them and they become great? And in the same way of, is your antagonist evil, inherently evil, or does a series of events make them an evil person? Yeah. Or is it just a perspective piece? A perspective piece. Like, I mean, the the, the thing that's jumping to... Thanos. Oh, Thanos, exactly. The one that's jumping to me is actually Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. Which is a fantastic way that they bring... I've never even viewed him as a villain. Like well, that's genuinely. the thing. That's the thing. But obviously, he's Two Face. Yeah. But the way that they bring that out is just a really strong. It's it's a really and obviously he's he's ever so slightly in the shadow of Heath Ledger in that movie. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah, a it's a. But it's a really good example of someone who's brought into evil, whereas yeah. you have someone who is just genuinely evil all over. Yeah. Um, do you know like, i guess like using using the same context someone who's genuinely evil in that universe you'd probably have someone like the scarecrow who's just an evil guy do you know he's like he's yeah. just he wants to fill you with fear um and then again like moving if i guess we're still on the batman theme you know batman he trains to become the batman whereas yeah. the superman is always great you know superman oh is, here is we always... go again but batman's you know, but you know better than superman <laughs> oh but, 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 fucking but, but, broken record <laughs> but you but you make the but you make the great point of it's not as relatable for milan because she you know like I, I think you make the point quite well that you know she's always good and it's not a story that you can relate to interesting yeah. no it is but i think when it does come out in december it's worth a watch just cool. I will do. just for the different direction the bit more mature maturity there's none of the songs in it which mm. i love the songs but they decided to go in a different direction and mm. um i think a lot of what they did was very very good it's just they didn't quite go far enough which is always the problem with mm. a lot of these movies because they're just trying to cater to too many people honestly i feel like that's the that's the biggest thing that's hindering all these sure. movies is they're just trying to please everyone and by doing yeah. so pleasing no one well it's quite timely that you say that because uh whilst you were watching that i actually i didn't mean to talk about this and moving forward but i'll talk about it anyway please do uh, i actually rewatched uh the live action remake of aladdin guy Ritchie. oh lovely and how you said about the uh they decided to go in a different direction the direction they went in was more songs in fact all songs all songs i mean you have to when you have somebody as charismatic as will smith at the helm it was pretty good actually it's not bad it. It, i quite i have it. a soft spot for the live action yeah. aladdin it's 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 good it's uh it's it's i don't think it's as funny but it doesn't try to be as funny no um which i respect and i think it's and crucially will smith doesn't try to do robin williams no he doesn't and actually it comes he comes off very well uh all the casts come off really well in this i think it's a really it's a really good cast and again like going back to the whole point you make of they clearly made the decision to have 
um, I think a, 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 an all as I don't it's a Middle Eastern cast, yeah. but all of them have or most of them have American accents. Yeah. Whereas the villain has a kind of um, a, the, 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 you can know they're goodies because they have American accents and the villains don't. Wow, I, I'm, I'm now I'm now that. I'm now imagining a world where Disney released the live action remake of Aladdin in full Arabic with yeah, English exactly. subtitles. It's not happening. Although not happening, I'd, yeah. I'd watch that. But with just Will Smith totally out of his depth. Like, <laughs> Will, Will Smith perfectly <laughs> reciting pure Arabic. He yeah. would have earned his millions if he did that. It's a bloody, bloody colourful movie as well. It's really, it you know, yeah. that new TV. This the the colours were a popping. Um, but I know, but the songs are great. Like it's all like we were like great. we were, but like I wasn't watching it seriously. I was on switch off mode. Like I think we were doing it a weekend. Like I was a bit hungover, or whatever. I don't know Brilliant. what I was doing. I'm like, I was bouncing along in my wee seat, like Maddie. We were like bouncing along. Yeah, I loved. I forgot how much I loved the song Prince Ali. Yeah, it's a banger, it's well. isn't it? It's actually a and, great song. And the actual scene always, is so hype as yeah, well. It is. It's, it's so, so hype. <laughs> I always thought I always thought you'd never have a friend like me and Whole New World were the kind of the main two songs in that. But actually Prince Ali is really good in the new one. Like it's yeah. the way they put in like a drum like a like a simple four four rhythm, just like actually including a modern drum kit in it. I thought yeah. it was a really good inclusion. Anyway, that's not what I want to talk about moving forward. What I want to talk about moving forward was a much anticipated trailer has just been released and i'm talking being released hours before we recorded this podcast i know we watched it just before we hit record exactly now we haven't even talked about it yet to each other so let's use this platform as a means to air our thoughts of dune or june june i'm gonna say dune because there was a lot of dunes there and i say sand dune not a sand june I, so I think I'm, if you, I'm, I think if you, if you, I think if you put it in a sentence, you'd probably find yourself saying "San June." Well, there's one thing that it's definitely not, Alex. And from the trailer, it's very clear that the, the film is not called Dunk. Dunk. Yeah. As if you'll remember a couple of months ago when they released the image of the art or the, I guess like the logo of the film, it was Dunk. And what they've done, I don't know if you noticed, and I picked up on this, is one of the notes that I made was that sorry i made a note i made made a note or two is that it has been changed from dunk to dune with the star that's been lit up and lit up at the e oh no did you see that did you see they've put a little star or something i'm genuinely really upset that they did that because i'm like guys just read between the lines it's clearly an e don't like why are you taking the piss out of it i really like the fact that somebody i i genuinely think the simplicity of it is genius to just have the crest of each letter going in a different direction yeah. but having the same shape in the different direction spelling out dune yeah, i think yeah. it's fantastic and keep yeah, it, it, was, it keep yeah. it pure but then nope somebody nope, said no nope. nope, that says dunk that does it does say and dunk, then the nope. internet went mad and then they put a star in it to fix it and god <laughs> damn it why did they do it stop <laughs> yeah, no, it it is it is a bit frustrating it is a bit frustrating um but no, I mean, outside of that, looks pretty good. I mean, I don't know anything about it. Looks the story. insane. I know nothing about it. People, I don't know. People who know Dune are 
so excited for this movie. Yeah, it's yeah, unreal. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's what a, a cast it's got in it. Yeah, of course we've got Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Timothy Chalamet, Josh Brolin, David Dasmalchian, who's our polka dot man. Mm-hmm. We also have Oscar Isaac yep. and Dave Bautista. Yeah, like it's it's a full cast. Javier, Javier Bardem, Stellan Skarsgård. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cast that they throw together for the this. visuals already have earned like the price of admission for me yeah like i know nothing about it and the cast would get me hyped but the yeah. visuals really get me hyped and the other thing that gets me hyped is hans zimmer actually mm. because we discussed on last week's episode mm-hmm. that when we were reviewing at Tenet, yeah Tenu. was that was the first movie that hans zimmer didn't score for christopher right. nolan because That's he right. was doing dune and then you think well hang on surely you you know you continue this amazing artistic relationship that you have mm. with with christopher nolan for a very very impressive movie and a real okay. good you know staple in that in that repertoire and then you go oh well hang on there must be a really good reason he must be yeah. really pull, like doing a number on this one Mm. and that gets no, can, me really excited that get, yeah like this isn't a cash in for him like this is no. a passion project yeah i can only imagine i can only imagine um i mean i don't i guess we can't really talk a huge amount about the trailer it's like because we don't know anything like no. and, and that's what a trailer there's no should details do. yeah there's no there's no real details and we can't really derive anything from it because we're not fans of the universe but i guess from a visual perspective um great i made two notes well, i'm um, not gonna dunk trailer. on it no, very bloody good. <laughs> I made I made two notes, and I'm gonna have to try and help. You're gonna have to help me. In fact, I tell you what, I'm just gonna make the two statements that I that I wrote down. Okay. And then you've got to kind of like go. Oh yeah, I remember that. Sure. I have giant sand anus, and watch out, that's a box of ouch. Okay, I I, I remember the giant sand anus. You're you you're, you're not wrong. It anus, did yeah. look like a giant sand anus. So that's a giant sound. Do you think that's what the 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 Snarlack pit actually is? When Snarlack it comes... pit. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Snarlack. No, it's a Snarlack. It's not pit, a Snarlack. It's a Snarlack pit. No, I was gonna say I was gonna make that point actually because I think there's a lot of the a lot of the visuals in here and a lot of the I think cultural stylings is probably what I'd say like you know costumes and architecture. Mm. The little that we saw in here looked very original in like you know our science fiction back catalog like you know oh, yeah, we've not yeah. seen much of this before until the big sand anus and then you realize <laughs> well, well no we've we've you know we've we've all seen the, one of the those. original <laughs> the original did it we've all seen <laughs> a giant on. sand we've anus. All seen one of, and the on. first Next. one the first <laughs> one had ten had tentacles coming out of it as well as grabbing people and pulling into it you've just got, done just the one sand anus except you've made it fucking huge <laughs> what a shit sa- get away from the screen absolutely absolutely but, but it's great you make a good point there because it the visuals for this look like every 50s 60s 70s 80s science fiction novel yeah do you know like this looks like some this looks like stranger in a strange land yeah or this looks like storm stormship troopers you know or this yeah, yeah, looks yeah. like 1984 like it has that kind of modern day interpretation of those classic sci-fi stories i'm i'm fully fully expect even though i know nothing about it just yeah. from the trailer 
and you know if i'm being perfectly honest a bit of hype from the existing dune fan base sure sure i'm sure. expecting a really deep and nuanced science fiction adventure here like i oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I i'm i i want themes coming at me until yeah, I, can't I want this to keep say anymore. something yeah 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 i, want yeah, yeah. I don't something. want this to be just like an adventure in space like you know okay it's... yeah 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 um and the last thing i put was uh watch out it's a giant box of ow yep do you know what that was referencing the the, the box of pain yeah when he put his hands when in he put it. his hands in it yeah i've got to think that what what was said um was that they went okay well we've got a giant we've got so uh denise v- i can't even pronounce his name villeneuve villeneuve so villeneuve blade villeneuve obviously blade runner's director uh, and a rival so yeah a lot of a lot of promise lot yeah, of promise. yeah yeah rivals but, but, great yeah but dennis villeneuve um basically went right we need a box of pain um what do, what do we have to start with so that the kind of the prop department went away and they went what do we do what do we do and they were like having breakfast that morning and they went oh there's an empty box of weep bix over there great just cover it in paper mache paint it orange paint it red stick it on its side box of pain next that's what i think that has happened you think <laughs> so that's a cereal see, box next i think if you tore away all of the artificial what you shit don't what know you saw there is sponsored by kellogg's yeah what you don't know is there's actually ground up weetabix in the box and Tim- <laughs> Tim- Tim- timothy chalamet has grabbed it and he's gone it's so dry ah! <laughs> or even worse you know when you know when you put you know when you put milk in a bowl of Weetabix. You put two Weetabix in a bowl and you put milk in there. Yeah. And then whatever, for whatever reason, you go away and you come back to it and the Weetabix has drunk the milk. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. He's, he's just put his hand in it. There's just two soggy bars of soap. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, anyway, that's our first That's our first professional review of Dune. <laughs> Amazing. I think it's the best one, yeah. I feel like we should get hired by Rolling Stone or something exactly, like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, looking forward to this one. Though. Yeah, I'm looking, looking forward, forward to it as well. Good, the good. last thing I would like to bring to moving forward was the mm-hmm. last movie that I saw, which was actually yeah. today. This was just before we started podcasting. Don't say our news is not recent because it's bloody it's not, recent. It's really was fresh. This a, was this a classic film from 2005? Please or don't. Though? Yeah, please don't hype this up though, because the movie I watched was Suicide Squad. and and spoiler alert it's still shit (laughs) i mean mean, you you literally do fuck all for this podcast (laughs) i'm literally holding this thing together with a bug of weetabix and i'm like bring something to moving forward well what i'll do is i'll watch a movie that's seven years old that i hate and we've already (laughs) done on this podcast well to to justify my 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 choice in film this evening to justify next week we are doing wonder woman aren't we oh yeah we are doing wonder woman next week are we gonna watch it yours yeah absolutely when are we gonna do that can we do it this saturday no i told you i'm going in i'm going in scotland i'm coming back on monday actually i'm coming back on monday We'll, I'm away with work. Oh, so right. We'll, we'll, we'll sort it out. We'll, we'll sort make this plan we'll, on the show. We'll, we'll sort it out. We'll sort <laughs> it out. But uh, basically, me and Nilhem are, you know, while we're reviewing these, mm-hmm. these movies for the podcast. Yes. We're watching them alongside. 
And yeah. since we already did an episode on Suicide Squad, it was one of our very much earlier episodes, right? Yeah, was yeah, yeah. In, I, in I the first to, ten, it, was it in the I first ten? I snuck it in early. I snuck you it in early. You did sneak it in early. I'm a big fan of it. Oh, it's so, terrible. It's horrendous. It is horrific. But I love it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's so shit. It's it's so it's so terrible. But no, still nowhere near as bad as Justice League. But oh, no. we are gearing up for that. No, but that one makes me angry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that one makes me angry. At least Suicide Squad, there was a big swing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it just didn't land. It, it, yeah. it did nothing. Yeah. But, so, obviously, well, before... A b- sequel. Before Wonder Woman, in the chronology of the DCEU, mm-hmm. there is Suicide Squad. So I felt it was only proper to just get mm-hmm. that out of the way so that we yeah. can watch Wonder Woman. I can still have my franchise integrity intact. <laughs> I felt it was only proper. You are a real gentleman. I, uh, yeah, well, you know, absolutely. We can't be skipping, skipping movies. Don't be ridiculous. Don't, don't, bloody nonsense. Don't be ridiculous. The, but actually, the Suicide Squad. I, to be fair, mm-hmm. I liked this movie more than the last time I watched it. Yeah. But I think that's because the last time I watched it was before Justice League came out. So uh, it was at it was at the bottom of the pile. And just for the fact that it's no longer at the bottom mm-hmm. of the pile actually gives it some sort of points in its favor. Sure. Even if it even if it's just tiny, because it's a broken ass movie. Although, you know, Elham did say, and I and I agree with her, that somewhere there is a good movie here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, uh, Diablo, really, great. really yeah, interesting, really, good. really, yeah. really great character. At uh, Deadshot, really great backstory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even as jarring and as insane as in, and as incomprehensible as Jared Leto was, there yeah. was something there, there was and we didn't there. get, and we didn't get to see it. I've, of course, I, I mean, and I could say the same. I mean, like, I'm actually a huge fan of Cara Delevingne in this, and I think the visuals from that. There was something like the visual creation of Entrantress was something. Well, like, the, the, well, the creepy version of her was. Yes, yes, the yes, creepy yes, version yes, was the, yes. the the regal Bond no, villainy bull- version of it was ab- utterly horrendous no 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 dancing no, no. on her plinth making her lights flash yeah. oh god yeah. yeah no that was stupid but the 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 kind of the joel kinnaman cara delavine in the hotel room totally under amanda waller's spell yeah and the, the mechanics the, the, of the, the plot brief, was the, all there the briefing room bit where the hand turns over the hand yeah, like yeah, i'm yeah, doing yeah, it for yeah, you yeah, on yeah. the screen yeah, but yeah. you know what i mean like th- little things like that i'm like oh that's quite I'm yeah. watching for another couple of minutes and then something bad happens and then you're like Ugh. and then a song goes in you're like oh I know this song and then it keeps you going I know this song yeah. like it was li- it's literally someone just fucking about with a jukebox yeah. that film isn't it on, on the on the meter of is this a movie or a music video it is a music video music video it's yeah. 100% a music video but then that's moving that's moving forward I think exactly yeah nice uh, that was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed this. Um, so yeah. So next week we're doing Wonder Woman. Absolutely, isn't it? that's right. Excellent. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And Alex, what happens next? What happens next is the listeners need to go onto the Apple Podcast app and give us a cheeky five star rating if you wouldn't mind, and also maybe write us a little review or tell us your favorite movie. Tell us your a favorite piece of movie music or mm-hmm. new edition this week tell us the composer that's scoring yeah. your life oh that's a great that one. would yeah. be that would be very helpful and it, and one it'd be very very interesting and two also if you write something 
along with a, a five star rating it really does help our numbers it does, and yeah we'd love that and it means more people can get to listen to us which mm. you know we'll leave it up to you as to whether or not it's a good thing or not but we like to think that it might be a good thing uh we're also on spotify but who cares about that uh, <laughs> nice. and we also have a email address and Callum's going to tell you that we do have an email. The email is motionspod at gmail.com. And in fact, uh, we had a really great email came through that wanted to disrupt the flow of the Cornetto trilogy that we oh. are creating. So after Wonder Woman, we might not be going to the third of the official Cornetto trilogy it- because another film was snuck in there by Edgar Wright. J'accuse! Uh-huh, I know. And I wonder if you can tell me what film that is. I'm not even going to say it now, but I think you know what film it's it Paul. is. Paul. No, it's not Paul. It's not Paul? That wasn't Edgar. No, not Edgar Wright. Oh, it's good what though. Was the Edgar, I like Paul. What was the Edgar Wright one that he snuck in? Music one. Uh... Comic book movie. Oh, Scott oh. Pilgrim. Ooh, I could not confirm nor deny. Uh, Scott Pilgrim. So, I'd be well up for doing Scott Pilgrim. Well, well, you've got to wait till Christmas to open your presents. Oh my goodness gracious me. <laughs> Excellent. Anyways, thank you very much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. All right, guys. Ta-ta. Thank mm-hmm. you.